Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Welcome to a special Eid Al-Adha episode of... <laughs> I was focusing too much on the pronunciation of Eid Al-Adha that I lost my... Uh, lost my tongue so anyway welcome everyone this is dubai works business podcast we're back we have a very special guest in studio today thank you late for joining us thanks for having me so late matches is a dubai-based entrepreneur he launched his first business in dubai in 2011 make business hope the real veterans of dubai business scene will be very familiar with that uh concept and, and you know trailblazing location a concept that it was at the time it was the reason region's first dedicated uh, creative and entrepreneurial co-working cafe. After selling Make Business Hope, he then joined Snapcard as co-founder to launch and grow the digital loyalty platform. After exiting that again, he launched Akin Barber and Shop, another name that people will be very familiar with, a, a trend-leading men's grooming business and change maker in the region. Moving on from that, he is launching Rockpool, the region's first dedicated men's personal care site. And today we'll be discussing this latest venture and this journey in Dubai. So thanks for joining, Leif. Fantastic. Great to be here. I'm a, I'm a long-time uh, watcher, first-time guest. So, so thanks for having me. Well, thanks for watching as well. And really, you know, it's been a long time. Um, but now is the time is right, right? You're about to launch a new concept. So tell us a bit more about Rockpool. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, maybe just to, to, to tell a little bit of a winding story that you, that you um, began. Um, cause just listening in, I guess it is a little bit of a, um, sounds like a, 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 a meandering, uh, journey. Uh, but I arrived into Dubai in, in just before 2010, um, coming from, I'm Australian. I was living in, uh, in Europe. I'd studied, uh, hotel management, hospitality, and I'd arrived, arrived into Dubai on, on, on a similar track. But one of the first things I noticed when I arrived here was, you know, the, the city was so young, so youthful, full of a, a positive energy. Mm. Um, and then I also had the idea that there was a, there was a couple of um, things missing. And rather than people around me who I sort of got the sensation that, you know, they were disappointed that they didn't have things from their home country or they didn't have things that they were um, expecting from, 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 from America or from Europe, I just saw that as such a big opportunity okay. to be like, well, if I was able to fill a couple of those gaps, then I would have the opportunity to grow with the city. Mm. Um, so yeah, so the, which, which brought me to, uh, I was actually working on a, on a business plan to open a restaurant uh, in Dubai. Um, and I was working, I had a job at the time, but I was working a lot in, in cafes and coffee shops, working on the business plan. Mm. And I couldn't help but feel most of the people around me had the laptops open, had the notebook next to them, and were obviously working on something. And we were the majority of the clientele back then. So I, it was a Google search when I, I searched the term um, working cafe. And that was like before, before the WeWorks, before the, the big names, you know, were out there and sort of, um, you know, becoming the big business that co-working became. So anyway, so I stumbled upon uh, co-working just like, like anyone did um, and shifted my full attention to launching my first business, which was Make Business Hub. Mm. Um, that's pretty important to the story because like back then, like 20, 2010, 2011, early, early 
doors for this entrepreneurial uprising, I guess you could you could call it, that, that, that you've observed and you've been a part of, um, and I've later been a part of as well. Um, but back then it was like, we had a space called Make, it was a cafe, but it was also like dedicated to entrepreneurial activities, events, mm. gatherings, anything that you, you could imagine, you know, we were throwing ourselves at to sort of nurture this community. Mm. So, so back then I met like all the guys from, from the large tech, from, from Google to Facebook to, um, to IBM to Cisco, all of the big guys were sort of hanging out there. Um, the early beginnings of the venture world from Dubai, they were hanging out there as well. And the young entrepreneurs and freelancers were hanging out at Make as well. So I, with, coming from a food and beverage background, I found myself in the sort of like epicenter of uh, entrepreneurial thinking and startup early startup culture mm. um which then I, I was you know fully taken fully taken by it i was always i think i was always an entrepreneur at heart uh i always knew that i would have my own business but back then it was a restaurant because that's what i had studied etc mm. um but then i was well and truly um had the had the the bug had the, the yeah so so yeah let's go with that uh conversation as well because it is fascinating because i arrived a couple of years later and i lived opposite that venue it was in the dubai marina if people remember and it was so refreshing but also it had a real community i remember even picking up books and reading them i think i remember read velocity the akqa book there like i distinctly remember lots of things, attending events. It was really uh, something. And I think, um, you know, people sort of, not only did Dubai not have it, but not everywhere was finding its feet with sort of co-working. Uh, so you, like to create something from scratch, like did you kind of give up the, the business plan that you were working on? And did you go about this in that way? And did you kind of sort of fall into it? And as you said, caught the bug where you're like, right now I'm one of these guys. <laughs> Well, it was interesting because like my business plan was um, a food and beverage business plan. I remember it. It was, it was your own business plan. It wasn't something you were executing for somewhere. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Sorry. Yeah, because the funny thing was I was working on my first business yeah. and that was going to be a restaurant. So um, someone helped me by, by giving me a, um, a financial forecast sheet for one of the larger restaurants that were operating at the time in Dubai. And that was a big help for me to help me to lay out um, the concept next to a bit more of a financial forecast. So I was working towards that. And then when I shifted the idea from restaurant to co-working space, I still had the, the business model at its core, which was we commercialized through food and beverage. Mm. What was interesting, and I still think this is relevant today, is even though co-working has grown and co-working has became something so um, uh, critical to a lot of people and really sort of mainstream across the world for people's um, work habits and work environments, the thing about Make, it was a truly entrepreneurial venture. Like I had to pay the bills. I had to pay the, the staff, of course. I had to pay the electricity. So everything that we did, we were sort of hustling. We were, we were doing like three or four events a week, which was wonderful for the community. You know, Make Food was an entrepreneurial event around food. Make Fitness, an entrepreneurial event around the fitness industry. Make Fashion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These were wonderful for like helping to share the, the passion and get people together and share the knowledge. But at the same time, that was helping to drive my business. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So like we were a startup space with a startup 
soul startup uh, um, right at the beginning, like, you know, from the core, we were um, as much in the hustle as any of the entrepreneurs that were sort of working from the space. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was like around the same time, but like all the books that you were reading, I was reading the same books, a lot of the sort of um, the bubblings from Silicon Valley were starting to, you know, spread around the world. And this sort of idea of really smart people going it alone and 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 you know creating something from scratch that could become something really monumental that was like the energy that was definitely at that time and like like many of us from that time have continued uh, on that wave ever since yeah and sort of what happens next like why does it make Solaire? like i also remember being on foursquare a lot at the time and you would see this sort of those entrepreneurs who went would travel through dubai transient would end up at make business up and they'd be like, that's the best place to go to, best coffee, best place to work from in Dubai. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, that felt like early, you know, potentially if it was still there, it could be more. Now. Yeah. It's interesting because like my co-founder from the next business, his very first in du- day in Dubai, he came to make because he heard it was the spot okay. for entrepreneurs. We had people traveling through from America, from Europe. I remember one conversation with a guy from Silicon Valley and he was there and he was looking around the, the make space and I'll, I'll never forget this. He said, he said, I don't know if it's genius or luck, but you've really got something here. <laughs> and I, I'll carry that through with me for forever because like, I think that's business in general. Like yeah. it's a big bit of like a good idea. It's a big bit of like strategy and, and seeing an opportunity. And then there's a really big bit of luck as well. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's creating a brand that resonates or, or, or just getting like a little bit of a, um, you know, Luck plays a part, yeah, for yeah, sure. definitely, and especially from an F and B background, right? Like, because when any restaurant, anyone will tell you, like, it's it's that kind of je ne sais quoi of like the mix, right? You might have the best interior designer, the best chef, but like, it's that kind of the coming together of pieces that people just feel when they go in. Hundred percent, like the combination of art and science. Yeah, <laughs> whether whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the commercial part of it. So. You know, the, the commercial, it was an F&B uh, commercial exactly. and you sort of turn it into sort of rently desks like like WeWork have gone on to and, and you know, many here yeah. like Astrolabs, etc. So, yeah. So, so my feelings about it, especially back then, was like the barrier to entry needs to be super low. Like I didn't want any sort of uh, blockage where people had to, to pay to play. Mm. Like I wanted people to immerse themselves into this community, even if it was their first toe into the water. Mm. Um, and that put pressure on to us, of course, to really make sure that we had a, a decent offering of coffee, food, et cetera, et cetera. Um, was it the correct model? Like who knows? Like, you know, the WeWorks of this world, much more real estate play, mm. um, you know, and arguably doing a, a fantastic job. Um, yeah, to wrap up quickly on like my story there, I had huge plans for it, really big plans. I had a business partner at the time um, who had different plans. Um, and basically, I sold my shares to him and he took over mm. the business, um, which was amicable. It was everything was absolutely fine. Um, but I, I can't really judge whether like, you know, did it reach its potential because it wasn't it wasn't myself on the on the steering wheel at the end yeah 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 and again there's kind of different ideas but there's also two businesses in one right a cafe f&b pure play is very different to 
co-working space or a real estate place. So absolutely, kind of, yeah, lots of different things together. And I can, and I think I could talk about co-working all day because my <laughs> yeah. my life is co-working. Like yeah. literally, I've never I've never paid a lot for office spaces because I know I get my energy from from these sort of environments. Yeah. Um, but still, the, the places that I prefer most are fully functional um, F&B uh, venues. Really? Yeah, because I like the energy. I like the, the changing faces. I like the music. I like the, I like the dynamacy of mm. the place, whereas I find a lot of co-working gets, gets flat. And, you, and, and, and unless someone's really in there stirring the pot mm. and stirring the, the culture, it's, it doesn't live up to its, what it's there to do, mm. actually. Fascinating. That's actually a lot of the commentary out of the US of the kind of comeback of WeWork at the moment. Like co-working is a nice term because it's like co-living and, and there are other people there, but actually you're not co-working. You, you know, you never actually have brainstorms with the other startup. You know, you're, you're kind of co-inhabiting a workplace, but you're not actually co-working. So I, I think I kind of understand and you know we started off in in a co-working space as well which was amazing but it, i definitely understand where you're coming from and you i know you've found you found a lot of cool cafes at the moment in dubai that you're doing your new ventures of as well uh for the launching uh rockpool you mean <laughs> yeah so so yeah getting on to rockpool so <laughs> <laughs> no we can keep going no no that's absolutely yeah. fine and with Rockpool, we actually have a we have a beautiful um, we have a beautiful office. Actually, we're we're we're, we're established through In Five, which is a wonderful um, yeah. a wonderful um, uh, platform within Dubai. And I'm sure most of your your listeners will know about it. But they have uh, In Five Technology, In Five Design, and In Five Media. Um, very, and what they do is they offer sort of like co-working or, or, or supported rates for the office um, setup and they offer um, the company like ours to exist within an ecosystem of other like-minded companies yeah so it, it is wonderful and, and um, I, I, we're really having a lot of fun within five um, so early on with the conceptualization of uh, of Rockpool so Rockpool is an e-commerce uh, dedicated e-commerce uh, specialized in men's personal care mm. so specialization dedication and and expertise around skincare hair care shave styling and smart supplements so that's grown a little bit the, the categories as we've as we've grown mm. um just understanding that like if we do have this holistic approach to to, to men's personal care then we wouldn't want to leave out one or two of these categories as well um so yeah so so men's personal care so again is this sort of a continued thesis and we can go back to some of your other ventures but is this again a spotting you know kind of 10 12 years in dubai a, a gap uh like your barber venture etc a gap that's not here and uh and how did you kind of go about spotting that gap but also the kind of macro trend around men's personal care as well yeah so 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 after after make Going back to the yeah. to the to the road, how we got here. Um, after Make, I launched. Um, I partnered with a young German Irani um, entrepreneur, um, really special character called Alborz Tufani. Many people as part of the ecosystem here would would remember yeah. and know Alborz uh, fondly. Um, and we set off to 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 launch digital. Um, it was an application all based around um, customer loyalty, 
to some of your favorite coffee shops. And, and so it was something that we were, we were very much deep into. And, yeah. and we had a lot of fun growing that company um, over the next few years. Snapcard. Yeah. Snapcard, exactly. And that was an interesting time in the, in, the, in, the, in the timeline of Dubai as well, where a lot of people were getting excited around uh, the possibilities of applications, your possibilities of technology. And we were one of them. We were one of a couple of companies and we, and we grew it to, to a certain level. Um, but at least at one point, I felt I was missing the, um, the physical touch, mm. to be honest. Um, and paired with that, I couldn't help but see the opportunity for a, a little bit more of a tailored uh, men's grooming approach. Mm. Um, so I'd been living in Dubai already five or six years. Um, I had always struggled to get a, a decent haircut in my opinion or if I was getting a decent haircut I was paying a, a lot for it um, but coming to this region I had found myself getting more and more into beard culture mm. so meaning like I had a place to go and get my uh, my shave done and that was a once a week thing and then I'd have another place to get my haircut and I wouldn't mix them mm, basically wow. okay and then I and you could I couldn't help but feel like yeah but this experience doesn't suit me here and it doesn't suit me here so we must have an opportunity to create a more user centric user experience um, um, idea to 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 pull in really world class haircuts and 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 sort of best in class uh, shave culture and we yeah. did yeah so we launched we we launched make in sorry Thank akin. You akin barber and shop in uh, 2015 um, we were ahead of the curve we were one of the the first to hit the ground here in Dubai um, but certainly the trend was coming mm. um, and then I think once uh, you know we we saw the the impact that that akin had on the market like we were extremely busy we were you know it was a great 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 company yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it yeah I, I remember at the time that when you were going about that that the attention to detail, the research, uh, you would have not only researched online, but you visited barbershops around the world, in New York, etc. So like, it really is a testament to how you come up with something. The execution is about the research and the detail. Is that something you're conscious of? Is that part of your process? Yeah, I think so. So, so part of um, launching Akin, I traveled to New York um, and did like a little bit of a um, pilgrimage to the to the key barbershops that I thought were, were, were doing really well, not only in their, um, their customer experience and what they're offering, but also the brand that they were building. And I could see them becoming something uh, quite important. Mm. I traveled to Stockholm um, to do the same thing because I felt like this Scandinavian aesthetic was something that I had always appreciated. And, and I felt like maybe it's a blend of Scandinavian and New York uh, could be something quite interesting here in, in Dubai. Mm. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think that's you know very important when when you're when you're setting up anything to do your research and look at sort of best in class examples of. Mm. But at the same time, like this is a passion as well. So it's like if I can combine travel with um, with research, or if I can combine travel with work, mm. then absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, and again, it was a trend moment, and but there, you know, there there's a difference between is this a business approach in terms of building something once that's beautiful in design and concept and works and is profitable versus something that's sort of almost franchisable or scalable. Is that something that, that you're conscious of as well? Or Yes, I think so. Like building the brand Akin Barber and Shop, I, I had aspirations for it to be, um, you know, to grow 
vertically. I wanted multiple venues. So whether they were, were ours or um, joint ventures mm. or franchises, you know, that was in my uh, vision for, for, for how it would grow. I wanted it to grow um, um, into products. I wanted it to grow into into other directions as well. Um, so... So that was the brand that you've created in there in that as well. Exactly. Exactly. So 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 yeah. So to, to kind of like, but but what happened? I was always interested in products as well. Like right from the beginning, I called it a kin barber and shop mm. because I really wanted to. I understood back then that the male shopping environment was a little bit off as well. Um, I felt you know where we get our haircuts is slightly off, but also where we buy our grooming products, our cosmetic products is is slightly off for the male consumer. So I went about um, creating the, the user experience on, on the services side, but then really focusing in a lot on the a male-centric shopping environment to, to create a, a masculine yet thoughtful environment where people could uh, get great quality products um, and get the information and the know-how behind them. Mm. Um, so that was I, was, I was always interested in that and that was part of the, part of the mission. Um, Right from the beginning with, um, with Akin, I was reaching out to uh, brands that I thought were amazing from, from Europe to Asia to, um, to America and building these relationships, getting to know the, the owner, the founder, um, working out ways to bring the products to Dubai and, and sell them to the, to the consumer here through the shop. Yeah. Um, one thing that I found, you know, like the sophistication we, when we hit the ground with Akin in 2015, it was the right time for the sophistication of the market at the time. Guys were looking for great haircuts. They were looking for, for great beard um, service. They were looking for an environment that was a little bit more tailored and personable and um, suited their personal brand as well. Yeah, and a higher quality of service and things like that. Absolutely. But then over the next five years, I saw the sophistication of the male consumer grow you know, year on year, they were getting more informed, they were getting more um, interested, they were getting more uh, knowledgeable um, and more motivated to expand their their grooming habits. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- while it might have started with a nice beard trim and a haircut, guys were, were really interested in like, what's what's better for the hair? What's better care? Um, What's how, how can I or what products can I use? Okay. Skincare, the same thing. Mm. Um, and it was interesting because I was into it. I was researching it. I was speaking with like some of the best, best and fairest in the world. And then I was able to have the sort of consumer right there at my uh, within arm's reach as well. Um, and people started to really look to me as something of an expert. And I could see myself as, well, no one else is really filling this this space and i really enjoy it um so i would i'm not a barber i'm not a a technician of any sort but i would often spend time in in the shop because i enjoy it and i enjoy the to be with um, our customer and i would start having more and more more and more uh, conversations with the customer about personal care routines actually um which sort of brought me to the to the idea that hey i want to get more into the the into this specialization. Um, I've always been a fan of digital, even before make days. After make, I went into digital, um, but I've always been a keen um, fan of like, you know, the tech, the tech space. Yeah. Um, so then I had the feeling that like, I see that the motivation of the, of the male um, 
the, of, of men in general. I, I see this as not a niche interest as potentially people used to perceive it as, like, you know, some men are in to look after themselves. I started to feel like, no, 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 it's, it's almost all men are interested in looking after themselves. All men are, are interested and motivated to look and feel their, their best self. Okay. Um, and as you know, we've had conversations about this before. I'm very much interested in mindset and, and, and arriving at a mindset to allow you to, um, to do your best, reach your mm. potential. Mm. And I feel that, um, you know, looking and feeling your best self plays a part of that, of finding that mindset as well. Mm. So yeah, then I just basically like dove in like hard directly uh, into the idea that I was going to create a dedicated e-com. Um, it would not be focused only on the UAE. It would be focused on the, the GCC, which would give me a larger market to, to, to go after. Um, I would launch this business with a very clear um, mantra or um, belief that that men are motivated, but they need better understanding. They need better knowledge. They need mm. better guidance and even mentorship yeah. to bring them from, from interest into full adoption. Mm. Um, and that's where I see uh, Rockpool playing exactly at the, at the moment. Fascinating. So it has kind of evolved from, and thanks for sharing the backstory from sort of those different ventures, but especially akin and spotting the products and that these products, not only are they not in the market, the information around them isn't there as well so so rockpool is a is an e-commerce play around male uh products as well we, we've had it recently and it's testament to again you spotting the trend but we've had a lot of entrepreneurs in the beauty space like it's a huge category it's um taken off is it not and and especially in this region like did you do some research around the beauty category as well yeah beauty is humongous as as you know there are some massive examples locally, huge success stories locally yeah. and, of course, internationally. Um, the female beauty sector is, is huge and getting huger mm. and very well sort of catered for. Um, for so whether it's a multi-brand site similar to what I'm launching for men, uh, a good example, a simple example is Sephora for, for women. Yeah. Sephora is multi-brand. They also have their own products, but they they offer such an amazing uh, consumer experience for the female demographic, okay. the female um, demographic who who understand, who love, who appreciate, who enjoy um, skincare, the beauty side of things. Yeah. Um, you know, would would love the, the shopping experience of um, of Sephora. Mm. For the male uh, and me included. I find it a little bit overwhelming when I when I when when I either were to arrive on the the website of Sephora or um, arrive at their shop. So even though it's best in class for female, for men it's not quite not mm. quite the right um, uh, mark. Mm. Um, but then take that a little bit further. I'm, I know I'm not answering your question uh, perfectly, but um, into the uh, sort of like cosmetic floor of a um, of a department store. Mm. Um, that again, like I've, I've known that for years and years that this was not the, the perfect experience that I'm looking for, even though I'm, I'm interested in these products. Mm. So while the beauty side of things in the female space is, is huge, it's done in a very different way. Um, so, so females will, girls will arrive at a, um, at a e-com for uh, cosmetics or beauty or skincare, and they're relatively well-informed. So the way that they shop um, 
they're shopping um, based around price. They're shopping based around ingredients, of course. Um, how how I'm looking at it and how uh, we're looking at it at Rockpool is much more around the education, much more around uh, the understanding. Um, so in, in, in a way of uh, thinking about uh, the Sephora, as a, even as a physical example, that shopping experience, if Rockpool was to do a physical um, representation, and we, and, we're, and we might very soon, it would be much, it would probably be a consultation lab. Okay. It would give you the opportunity to, nice. to meet, to speak, yeah. to understand, um, without even thinking about purchasing. And yeah, and then we offer like best in class, world-class brands and products. Yeah. Once you're, um, you've got the, the greater understanding of what's great for you and what's, what's good out there, you're able to make uh, more informed choices. Fascinating. Yeah, judging by the story that you've told, you do seem like someone who would need the physical as well, interaction as well. So it's, it's amazing. But, you know, rather than saying, bluntly saying that men are uninformed around personal care, it's more that, that this type of business sort of is another trend in terms of merging content with sort of product and purchasing and a curated sort of experience as well, rather than sort of pure play let's click on some buttons and drive the price down and let's focus on, on you know, that sort of performance part of e-commerce. You're, you're trying to kind of do a more holistic approach, not just to male products, but a holistic approach to the brand and what it offers. Absolutely. And uh, flipping back, uh, switching back again to the reason why we've set up at In5, uh, we've actually set up the In5 Media Hub. Yeah. Um, because this business for me is is more than anything content yeah really great quality content great quality uh storytelling that helps uh the male consumer to understand um in a, in, a, in a in a in a cool fun efficient way mm. but but yeah that's that's how i see this business where you know almost content first education first guidance first and then uh, a world-class e-com mm. uh, that we commercialize through. So, you know, touching on some of the kind of things that you mentioned, uh, hair care, skin care, styling products, smart supplements. If I mention those terms to people right now, they will never think of them together. They will think of, okay, skincare, yeah, cool. I get that. Maybe in my weekly shop or at the airport, hair care, yeah, that's the barber. Styling products, again, similar to different maybe I might buy them while I go to the hair shop and then supplements maybe in the pharmacy so you know is there something wrong with that or how can people kind of be more informed and what products how advanced has these products come for the kind of uninitiated yeah and and I should I should say now like there's a lot of guys out there who are super well informed and they're, and they're and they're very well educated and I'm meeting more and more of, of these these guys on my on the journey at the moment yeah um and that's wonderful, and that's because it's such an interesting category as well. Mm. Uh, the ingredients, the um, you know, to 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 understand why you would use something for which effect, like it's it's, it's it is super interesting. There's a science and there's, and there's a medical element to it. Of a hundred percent. Yeah, and and in many cases, especially what we're we're uh, interested in and dedicated to is looking for the clinical um, clinical trial that proves the claims. Mm. Um, so we're looking for that best of science, best of nature. Uh, but proven proven ingredients. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we definitely uh, look at this as a holistic um, opportunity. Um, I, in everything we do, we look at um, we, we we try to think about 
you know, the, the small routines or the small positive habits that you will do, that I will do on a daily basis, that they make all the difference in, in the long run. Um, so whether it's our communication or whether it's the, the routines that we're bringing together on the website, we're looking at, um, you know, the, the, the small positive things that you can do across you know, supplements for your body, supplements for, for your mind, um, skincare for, for your particular skin, um, styling products. I think it does make sense that it would all sit in, in one well-informed and well-delivered uh, platform. Yeah, interesting. So what would sort of success look like for you? I'm, I'm hoping for, a, a, I'm hoping for a, a really great launch. I'm hoping, which is coming up, we'll, we'll launch with, within the next few weeks. I'm looking for um, the brand and the offering to resonate across the GCC. We're working hard to, um, to identify and work with and work through really dynamic, creative, successful guys to help us spread our message. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that we will you know, build that inertia we will find a following, we'll grow a community, and we will be uh, the leader in this space uh, in, 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 in a year, 18 months' time. And how do you approach that with, from a kind of a business plan and strategy point of view? Do you seek investment? Do you position it as e-commerce, as content? Um, famously, Adam Newman tried to, you know, said, I remember reading about WeWork, and they said at the very start, uh, a journalist from the New York Times from the real estate section uh, interviewed him and he said, no, do you have anyone who reports on community? So, because he saw it more than real estate. Mm. But so, you know, do you position it as a community company and how do you kind of, um, how do you do a business plan around that? I think every company should be a community company to, yeah. to some degree. Um, you know, there's, there's so many good examples of um, a successful company growing out of a core following a core um dedicated following um the way the way i i see it is and i should and i should um stress uh so i'm not the lone founder i have two co-founders mm. um who have joined me on the on the trip uh and it is self-funded so we we are we're coming at this with a small war chest i sold uh, a kin barber and shop as okay. well we didn't we didn't mention so i have a, a small amount of money my partners have uh you know a a modest amount of money but we think it's it's enough if we use the entrepreneurial uh, hustle that is ingrained uh, mm. ingrained in my DNA I think yeah so we you will track records prove it yeah, yeah and, <laughs> and and just and just and building company that's a lot around um, great relationships great community um, you know in, impressing on each and every individual who comes across our brand mm. to then slowly but surely uh, grow out to be the to be that leader and the category, how do you kind of describe the category in Dubai at the moment? I, I kind of touched on where people would get products, but sort of are there, are there content, are there newsletters, are there websites, are there sort of other e-commerce plays in this category as well? Yeah, I think it's pretty fragmented at the moment. And I think you rightly uh, said, like when you broke down where you shop for these different categories. Um, so starting from supplements, you know, we have a, a thriving small uh, pharmacy uh, ecosystem here in here in the region. Mm. Um, are they a little bit overwhelming? Do you need to do your research before you enter them? Like yes, for sure. Um, are there better direct to consumer options coming? 
um, for supplements? Yes, there are, but um, in, into skincare, I think, you know, there are a couple of interesting brands here who do a good job of, of passing on the information and passing on the experience to the, to the consumer. Most of them are, are physical. Um, and then, yeah, and even, even down to shopping for your, for your shampoo or your, or your hair styling products, it's still a matter of supermarket brands or, or what's available at your local barbershop. Um, I feel like it's quite fragmented and there is certainly an opportunity to make the experience mm. easier, better, more enjoyable. And I think with a, with a curated collection of brands like what Rockpool has, mm. um, you're, getting the, you're getting the best the best of the world has to offer, really. Interesting. Yeah, we, we actually did something. You did something with me recently uh, around routine and you produced some products that I had no idea existed. I think they were the, these particular ranges from Sweden. I would not know how to go about maybe Googling it, but I really wouldn't know how to do it, never mind having the knowledge to purchase it. Um, so that's amazing that I kind of had an experience of what Rockpool will provide, but sort of the logistics of that, will you have a warehouse, will you focus on last mile delivery? Like what are the kind of decisions that you're sort of going in and how many products will you have when you launch and things like that? Yeah. So we, we thought long and hard about this, of course. Um, we looked a lot into the, the science and psychology of it as well to think about, well, a range of choice that was broad enough that the male consumer would feel that uh, his, 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 uh, there was enough options yeah. um, without going too far that it felt overwhelming. Mm. Um, and I know that experience. I, kn- I know it myself. If, if I feel a little bit overwhelmed, I'll catch myself because I'll be like, oh, I'm backing away because I got overwhelmed. Mm. So, so yeah, with that understanding, we're launching with around 140 SKUs, 140 products mm. uh, across around 12 to 14 brands. The brands that we have uh, are working with are best in class, category leaders from around the world, from, from Europe, from America, from Asia, um, and not just uh, pretty packaging. With, with information and ingredients to, to back up uh, the claims. Mm. Um, and what I found interesting about our time together when we, 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 we spent uh, some time together and we, we were going through some of the, the products that we were working with from Sweden, um, you, as a, you as a sort of person that you are, I think like you were you you appreciated them for the feeling and the, and the, and the, and the smell and the, mm. and the way that it made your skin feel and look. But I think if we gave you and which we will, a little bit more information and insight and understanding about why that product uh, is important and, and, and what do the key ingredients do yeah. for you. I feel that you will um, you'll greatly appreciate it and, and, and I, I could see that becoming a, a more and more important part of your, of your life. And routine, yeah. But, and, and it is that sort of, you know, I know I'm a, a, a guinea pig here, <laughs> a test case for Rockville, but I think it's like, it is about being informed. It's like with any product choice, you know, people are more health conscious they can choose different meal types, different things like that. Any sort of product is about being informed and making a decision for yourself. And then you can know what value is and things like that. So so it's fascinating on that level. Um, so looking forward to seeing the launch. I think 140 SKUs or you know, even 14 brands would, would overwhelm me right <laughs> now. But I think I can trust you to steer me along the way. Um, like to, to finish up, uh, sort of 
you've been a you know and I think it's great to speak to you and we could have went into a lot more detail on other ventures because I'm sure you'd have a lot of experience to share with other entrepreneurs but you you are sort of a um you know a, a brilliant Dubai entrepreneur sort of a product of the system a, a proof what's possible here that you know it is possible to be uh uh you know to bring ingenuity to different sort of sectors in space um and then you talk about the GCC region but are you still as uh, positive and optimistic about what you know that excitement that you felt when you first came to Dubai now, and how does that sort of outlook look for you in in the coming kind of years? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when I arrived in Dubai more than ten years ago, I never thought probably that I would I would be here ten, twelve years later, but I definitely sense the energy and I definitely sense the opportunity. Um, three businesses later, about to launch uh, my fourth business, and I'm still as energi energized and optimistic as ever. Um, so many times I'll catch myself, um, you know, having, having an experience in Dubai, whether it's the In5 uh, Media Hub, where we're set up with access to, to world-class uh, production equipment, or whether it's where I go swimming, it's a world-class Olympic um, quality um, swimming arena and I just think to myself like you know everything that Dubai has and we have access to like we have every opportunity to, to, to do exactly what we want to do mm. um, and I think it, a lot of it comes down to mindset like mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm such a, a big believer in that and um, I explore it in a couple of different things that I do but um, I, I personally feel like if you've got the right mindset you, you understand what you're your, your larger objectives are to buy this region, the world in general is your, like your Amazing. oyster. Amazing. Well, we really thank you for sharing all that today. Really look forward to watching, uh, how Rockwell launches, experiencing the product and to seeing it grow. And hopefully that you'll, you know, stay in Dubai, not a return to Australia and, <laughs> and sort of expand this across the region. Thanks Richard. Thanks so much. Thanks Leif. That's it for another episode of Dubai Works. Thank you so much for listening and please leave a review on the podcast platform that you're listening to. It really helps with organic searches. Also, if you'd like to appear on Dubai Works or know someone who has an inspiring business story in Dubai, please do get in touch on any of the smashy social platforms.